Hey, Bob Ferris, how the hell are you? Hey, man. Good to see you, Glenn. Likewise, likewise. It's been a long time. Been a long time. Um, and since we uh, since we last saw each other, you've done quite a few things, right? Yeah, I guess it's been. Um, I suppose it's been um, what almost thirty years. Yeah, I think I saw you briefly in Edmonds when I was randomly there, and you were randomly there, and that was like two thousand eight. It was randomly on a street, but other than that, yeah, it's oh been, yeah, it's been yeah. a long time. I, it has, it has. I do. Yeah, I have a vague memory of that. I one of the things I've noticed about my um, my life is that um, I remember so little of it. Like, right. there, it's it's embarrassing. I mean, it's all been you know, mostly it's been pretty pleasant, but um, it's, it's shockingly shockingly low recall. So um, you'll have to bear me with me. Yeah, no, I, 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 trust me, I'm, I'm with you on that, with you on that. So, I mean, the important part is you're doing what you're doing now, right? Which is, um, you're a professor of sociology at UC Davis, right? Correct. Congratulations. Um, and you're one of like five people I know who actually went on and got their PhDs. So, so double congratulations on that. Thank you. Um, and your topic is really interesting. So uh, I don't know if it, it's your, your primary topic, but it's certainly the one that, that, uh, you're most known for right is is bullying right and the effects of, of bullying and and the causes which are even more important right yeah C can you just tell me a little bit about that like what 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 is your, and i know it's a huge topic right but i mean what what are like if you had like four or five or six points right of of to talk about bullying like what are they um yeah so i've been studying bullying for probably since I guess probably around 2006 or five, something like that uh, is when I started my dissertation work. And um, at the time, things have changed since then. Um, but at the time, the, the field was kind of dominated by um, uh, work that was really trying to identify kind of pathological um, underlying pathologies that produce these, these kind of aggressive reactions. And um, and I, you know, I think that's, that's true. I mean, there is a lot of evidence to suggest that at least some bullying behavior is driven by, um, you know, psychological deficiencies and, mm -hmm. you know, emotional maladjustment, you know, problematic home lives. But, um, I didn't feel like it captured the whole story. And so what I, I was sort of interested in, um, and what I suspected, and it's not, I wasn't the first to, you know, make this um to test this idea um but what i suspected is that is that these these kinds of behaviors are actually uh interwoven in the in the social hierarchies of schools and that these are not um you know marginalized you know socially marginal behaviors but they're like embedded in these school hierarchies and if that's the case then they must there must be some ways of doing it that allow kids to um, accomplish their their social goals. Mm -hmm. So that's that was you know basically I mean you know the simple idea that I spent a lot of time um, testing is that you know aggressive aggression is a way of attaining and maintaining social status, and it's a really simple idea. It's very straightforward, yeah. but um, it, actually demonstrating it is is somewhat challenging. Um, but that's what I've been doing for the, and I'm kind of like at the end of that now, mm -hmm. um, I've kind of, I've said close to everything I feel like I need to say, 
about this topic. So I'm, I'm sort of looking ahead to, to something new, but I, you know, um, I think it has been super interesting and it's been a, um, quite a journey and um, with a lot of interesting surprises along the way. Yeah. Um, so a, a couple of quick questions, right? One, one yeah. is what made you fall into that as sort of a field of, of study? Um, and, and the second one is a, a little bit of a, a b bigger question. Do you think those traits that, that happen in adolescence in, in regards to, to bullying carry over into adulthood? Or are they sort of a, a, a means to an end and then it stops? Or, or do you find that these individuals continue that, that type of behavior throughout their entire like working career? Uh, great question. What was your first question, though? Oh, sorry. Sorry. The first one is what, what brought you into this? Because as far as oh, I remember, yeah. you okay. were bullied as a kid, but I mean, maybe you had friends that were or. or no, were. actually. Um, well, yeah, no, I used to get my ass kicked on the not on the daily, but um, it wasn't in Edmonds. It was I grew up in until I was 10. I grew up in um, outside of Baltimore in Towson. OK, yeah. And. Um, I was well liked. I had a, it was like a very warm elementary school. Like my life, my elementary school experience was just fantastic. Like it seemed like it was a very um, inclusive and, and welcoming place. But the 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 uh, in transit to and from elementary school is when I was like basically a slow moving antelope and on the Serengeti. You know, like. Right. Um, these two older, these two brothers, um, the Johnny and Bradley Bruns, used to just ambush me and just beat the shit out of me. Like I would come home with a bloody nose at least once a week. That's funny. So I grew up in northern Idaho and I experienced, well, I'm sorry, before northern Idaho, I actually lived in Las Vegas when I was like a little kid, like, you know, eight or whatever. And I'd get my ass kicked every single day on the way home from school every day until finally yeah. I just said, fuck this. <laughs> And I started swinging back. And what I learned is, you know, like like yourself, I'm a, I'm a tall guy. I may not be, you know, like built, but I'm a tall guy. And my reach, I could kick anyone's ass, right? <laughs> or at least scare them enough they wouldn't come too close to me, right? So yeah. I'm, I'm totally down with that. And and it took a long time before that that sort of bullying went away. Yeah. Right? And yeah, it, for me, it, it, you know, it was up until the day we, we moved. Like, and I would, you know, kind of, um, I remember changing my the bus stop that i would mm -hmm. you know, take on you know on that. Uh, yeah 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 you, you know you, the avoidance is the natural thing um but what's what's so that that's the kind of the cute answer to why i got into this um there's a more boring one which is that i'm just interested in conflict and, and adolescents are mm -hmm. you know convenient to study for a variety of reasons um but well, now you have a daughter so you get to watch it like firsthand right? yeah yeah and you're already seeing you know some of these you know kind of exclusionary behaviors but um yeah so but one of the insights i took from that experience in baltimore was that um you know a bloody note i guess i didn't really learn this until later but so i moved to edmonds and when i got to edmonds I, we arrived in the middle of fourth grade and i was the new kid and um I got things off the wrong, you know, on the wrong foot was this kid named Micah. Um, when I, you know, the teacher introduced me, this is the very first day. I'm like, I'm in the class for the, you know, for five minutes. And after the teacher introduced me, you know, she told Ms. Williams told me to, you know, go sit at my desk. And then this kid, Micah turned around and asked me, are you fast? And I, I didn't, I said, yeah. 
like nobody who was not severely disabled was slower than I was in that in that classroom. <laughs> right. so that, that, that said things that was off off on on the wrong foot um right right to, from the beginning um but what was different about it is that it was um it wasn't like I was you know beat up or anything I mean Dave Burdine was a little bit um you know scary but it, I, I don't recall anybody ever actually beating me up Dude, I but, mean, not to get into that sorry just one sec he was the only human I knew who at like 12 had a full mustache, right? Like oh, dude, was, insane, yeah. insane. Yeah. But now yeah. I think about it and he actually was just a little kid. Like he looked like a little kid with a mustache, right? But back then yeah. he was terrifying. Yeah, he was big. I mean, he was big and um, yeah, he, he was scary. And um, they, you know, I've, you know, reconnected, you know, like everybody has, you know, with all the social media, um, I actually reconnected with him and he's, you know, perfectly pleasant, but like there was a time where he was, it was terrifying. And my dad actually, we, we were driving. I mean, I wonder if Dave will ever listen to this, but, um, we were driving and, um, Dave Burdine doesn't have, has no idea how close he got to, to, you know, having a scary encounter with my father. Um, like I thought, I said, we were driving by, and I said, oh, that's Dave Burdine. And my dad said, oh, you know, he started, almost, almost started to pull over. So I want to, you know, <laughs> scare the shit out of him. And back, back um, then, a father could get away with that, right? So it's right, totally right. different than yeah. today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so much stuff that parenting, yeah, parenting has changed quite a bit. But um, yeah, anyway, what, what I learned, though, was that, so it wasn't really physical when I was in, in Edmonds. It was, it was social. And that, um, the insight I got from that is that that felt very personal. The, you know, getting my ass kicked in Towson, you know, not personal, just, that's just the way of the Serengeti, you know, right. like these guys, that's what they do. And that's what I'm here for. Um, but, um, cause they, they, they were pretty indiscriminate, you know, they would beat up other kids too. But, um, but I was not get you know, I was left out of stuff and that felt, you know, that felt isolating and, and, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's tough, but it's, you know, I'm sort of grateful to it for it um, because it has, you know, um, it kind of fostered an empathy, uh, a, a sort of a connection to underdogs and kids who feel left out. And so if that's been kind of an underlying motivation, like all the stuff that I do, all the research, you know, it's, it's very quantitative and everything. There's a lot of data, but it's it at the heart of it is like the plight of these kids. You know, right. I, I would like to, I feel like incredible, you know, anguish, you know, when I read the accounts of what they go through. Do you think, and this is kind of a personal question, so you can gloss over it if you want, but do you think some of that is part of the motivation of, of having a child a little bit later on in life? Like, do you, do you, do you want to like give a child like a, 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 a quote, better life than, than you had? It was not that strategic. I was not in the right, right. In the relationships until right. later. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. That was, it was, um, yeah, it was not, I can't, that was not something that was planned, but, um, right. I'm, I'm right. Hmm. A very happy, right. Marriage right now. So yeah, no, uh, you guys are adorable by the way, like, you know, cute <laughs> little family. Um, I'm just waiting for a picture of you and your daughter, like sitting on top of an elk. Like, you know, I'm sure. That's yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm working on her. I'm working on her. <laughs> that's um, 
Yeah. So anyway, like, so that's how I got into it, I would say. But, the, you know, the dry, you know, I, the intellectual motivation was, well, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm interested in conflict and, and understanding it. And when I got to grad school, um, I didn't really, I had never take, maybe I took one sociology class that was um, not very remarkable, but basically I didn't really know what sociology was about. Right. Um, and so you, you were uh, doing international studies or something like that, right? Yeah, Before yeah, that was my major. Yeah, because it seemed more rigorous and intense. Um, and at, at one point, I sort of fancied, you know, a career in uh, the foreign service or something. But, mm -hmm. um, uh, but anyway, yeah. So the, like very early on in grad school, I saw some, you know, somebody showed an image of a social network, and I was just like captivated by that. Mm -hmm representation of social life it just seemed to make so much sense and it also seemed so you know sciencey right. um which was uh, attractive so those two kind of like the emotional side of it and the and the intellectual interest in in, in conflict um coincided and i but initially i was like you know i was i started working at a, a prison in north carolina because i i thought oh, that wow. would be an interesting place to try to study uh conflict Mm -hmm. um and it turns out you know it's super hard to get approval to study in you know incarcerated people so um this other opportunity fell into my lap and i was you know through the generous support of uh, the pi on this large panel study um she allowed me to add questions about bullying on it which um were pretty labor intensive it was incredibly generous and like mm -hmm. from that, I built, you know, like my career. So such that it is. That's incredible. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing how sometimes those little things that happen suddenly you're like, that's my entire life. Like, you know, yeah. there's one decision right. that somebody made that totally yeah. changes your entire life. Yeah. Right? Probably like, you know, that's like 20 years right there. Yeah. <laughs> so crazy. you say one thing, like I, I'm, I'm actually reading your website, which I'll, I'll link down so people can actually look at, but there's one sentence or fragment that, that actually jumped out to me and it says adolescent aggression is not deviant, but normal. It's not reactive, but instrumental. So, and I, you know, paraphrase a little bit there, but I found that really, really, really interesting because I, I completely agree with it, but it's not a thought that had ever gone, gone through my head. Right. It makes perfect sense. Um, because we are animals and animals, by nature we're aggressive and, and we try to get to the top of, of the chain like that that's it's in all of us right um how did that sort of conclusion um go over with with your peers because i i can't imagine that going over super well um yeah that's a good question i, I and i don't really have a great answer for it because i'm kind of i'm a weird um academic and, and I mean a lot of like, successful academics um, are pretty good at networking and they they go to conferences and all that and they and they have a they have ties to the their the people working in their field and I'm I mean for a network scholar I'm kind of like a social isolate um, mm -hmm. you know I don't have I'm not I don't have my ear to the ground um, as much as I probably should in this field um, Partly because I mean some of the stuff is is unbearably boring. It's mm -hmm. it's been dominated by psychologists, and and I have a lot of respect for psychology psychological work. It's very careful and precise, and they care a lot on about measurement, which is important. Mm -hmm. um, but I've I just got sort of 
overwhelmed with the, the tiny little salami slices, you know, papers, like looking at these little, you know, fine grain, you know, like I, I found it boring, you know? And so I don't, I don't really know. I mean, I, I think my sense is that, um, you know, I'm not like the, the people who are squarely in the bullying field probably view me if they even think of me at all as something of an interloper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. I mean, unfortunately, that, that's kind of the way that academia is, right? Like if, if you dare step outside of the social norms, then, you know, good luck to you. There's a lot of turf. Yeah, turf right. wars. But you've brought up you brought this up a couple of times now, and I find this really interesting. So what in your mind, what, what is the, the difference between a, a psychological study of bullying and a sociological study of bullying? Like, where do they differ, right, in terms of, well, a lot of things? Like, how do they differ, I guess, is the real question. Yeah. Um, there's a lot, I guess, you know, there's a, there's a I don't want to, there's not a clear-cut line, but there's, and there's a lot of overlap. But I would say, um, in a nutshell, sociologists don't spend so much time. I mean, the vast majority of bullying research is, conducted by psychologists and people in the education um, field, which are is an interdisciplinary, but strongly influenced by psychology. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say there's a lot of attention to um, what's going on in the mind in, right. at the individual level um, and, you know, psychological traits um, and their relationship to these uh, behaviors. And, you know, you know, the sociological perspective on bullying takes into consideration how it is integrated into social settings and systems. Um, there's a, uh, I'll plug a book, there's a, a, an edited volume that hopefully will be coming out next year um, by NY, NYU Press. Uh, it's a, I've contributed to it, uh, but it's mm-hmm. a sociology of bullying. And it's like the first um, compendium of sociological research on bullying. Um, and there's, you know, there's some really, really cool stuff uh, about, you know, how kids use and um, and police norms to right. advance interests. You know, there's, there, there, I don't know if you've uh, come across the book, Dude, You're a Fag by C.J. Pascoe. No, but actually somebody referred me to it at some point. I haven't read uh, it, but yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a good read. I, I assigned it to um, my undergrad classes. And it, it, it's a great um, ethnography that sh- shows how um, masculinity in particular is policed right. and, uh, and used in different ways to advance different interests. But so sociologists would be spending, you know, we'd be looking at these things as a social system. Right. Versus the individual. individual right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That makes sense to me. That makes sense. Um, yeah, I mean, this is all really, really fascinating to me. I mean, do, do you think that bullying is a natural state of humanity or do you think it's something that, that is, has been created by society? Oh, that's a, that's a good question. Um, so I, as a sociologist, I mean, okay, so a lot of people think, okay, you know, um, well, to bring up the example of an elk, like, um, you know, these are social elk are social animals or herd animals mm-hmm. and they have a hierarchy and the hierarchy is, you know, decided by violence and, right. um, and violence occurs when there, there exists some ambiguity about the outcome of the bout, right? Mm-hmm. Like the, the herd bull doesn't get challenged until there's been some weak, you know, apparent weakening 
and then it becomes unclear about who would who would win. Um, and I think that that you know that there are some useful lessons from that that we can draw from from the behaviors, the antagonistic behaviors of, of social animals. But there's an interest. You know, I think there's a there's a clear line um, of difference between humans and animals in, in the sense that um, the role of the audience. Audiences interpret um, the outcomes of bouts or you know battles. Yeah. And it's possible in human life to win a fight by even if you've lost the physical fight, to win the audience oh. over That's which is not possible among humans. So like a great example of this is uh, that I always point to because it's one of the most clear cut. Have you seen uh, Cool Hand Luke? I assume. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're a, 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 I asked my undergrads if they saw <laughs> And they're like, they're like, what? They've never heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who's so, Robert Redford? Um, right. Yeah. No, uh, uh, Paul, um, Paul, um, blonde, you know, blue eyes, blonde, Paul. Um, anyway. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I, I told you before we started, I'm not a movie guy. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, but there's a great scene where, um, so there's some, insult that occurs in the you know he's incarcerated there's some insult they uh and the way they, they adjudicate these things is they have on saturday they have a box they have boxing you know they, they box it out fight it out so you know all the uh all the men are out there and they're in a ring and you know the guy he's the paul newman Paul well, Newman. Yeah, actually, I just had to look it up. I was just yeah. about to say that. <laughs> the guy Paul Newman insults is Dragline, played by George Kennedy, who was an NFL player. Right. Huge, you know, mountain of a man. And still and... a huge guy. He's still, oh, no, he died in 2016. Okay, never mind. <laughs> yeah, he's still, he was huge yeah. when he died. <laughs> he was huge, yes. Um, and so you can, you know, the outcome of this is, you know, pretty clear, and um, nothing is surprising. I mean, but... But um, what happens in the scene is that Paul Newman, he, you know, he's getting the shit beat out of him. I mean, he's right. getting knocked down like brain damage kind of you know, <laughs> right. knockdowns. And he keeps on getting up. And he keeps on getting up and swinging. And at some point, there's a moment where like Dragline just hits him so hard, he gets knocked down and he gets back up. At this point, like all the audience is sort of turned. They, like, they start to feel a little sick about this. <laughs> right. And, and and he keeps on getting up and swinging, and then eventually Dragline just carries him over his shoulder. And I think that's a good example of, of you know winning a fight despite losing it, which is not possible among animals. Right. And I mean, just to take this one step further, I mean, basically the first Rocky movie was a replay of that entire scene. Like the entire movie was basically right. that scene, just like two hours right. long. <laughs> yeah, um, that's, that's right. And actually, the rest of the Rockies were exactly the same, just the same thing over and over again, just different opponent. I've only um, seen one of them. I, yeah. I unfortunately have seen at least three, um, and apparently there's like six. I don't. I don't know. I mean, there's, there's a huge amount of them. Um, the big one was when he fought the the Russian, right? Dolph Dolph Lundgren, right? Who was right, the Russian? Right. Russian. Right. That was like the big thing. I remember as a kid, just like, oh, because that that's cool, you know, bro. right as the uh, um, the U.S. And, and Russia were were you know when when the U.S. team won the the hockey. You know, in, in the oh, Olympics, right, right, it was right, a huge right. deal. Like 1980 was like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. And so here we go. Not even a Russian, mind you, Dolph Lundgren. Definitely not right. Russian. You know, but yeah, whatever. He's he's the bad guy, right? The bad <laughs> Russian. <laughs> so, yeah. that so actually, 
Go ahead. That brings me. I'm sorry. That that brings me up to something really interesting. So I mean, that is is a form of bullying as well, isn't it? Is it not? I mean, like when when you when you pick a a group of people and you go out of your way, like especially in the U.S., we go out of our way to to demonize you know certain cultures for for doing certain things, right? And we're really careful now. We don't do it based on race, right? We're very careful. We're like, oh, this society, right? So we 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 just kick that word up a level, right? Instead of like race or, or, you know, ethnic group or whatever, we're like, oh, that society is bad, right? Um, do you see any any correlation between that and like a kid bullying, a you know, a sixth, sixth grader bullying another sixth grader? Yeah, I mean, I think um, the thing that come, you know, comes to mind is there's a, a, an interesting and um, provocative paper that came out a couple years ago about the Trump effect. Mm-hmm. Which showed that um, you know the share of Trump vote in a um, kind of was associated with increased rates of bullying. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could be getting some of the details wrong, but it basically showed that there was this unexplained spike in bullying that's correlated sure. with the uh, Trump vote, and and I think that's you know entirely plausible. Um, uh, yeah, so for me, the, you know, like the the. You know, the field of bullying is another thing about that. The field of bullying, which has been dissatisfactory to me, is is how um, kind of I think narrow-minded the, the definition of bullying has been. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it's it's you know the industry standard is that it's you know harm, repeated harm mm-hmm. um, done to somebody. That to me is is a little too broad. You know, yeah, super, super broad. Simultaneously too broad and too narrow. Like too broad in the sense that I feel like. Bullying is more specific than just harming someone, but too narrow in the sense that it doesn't have to be repeated. And I don't think, you know, I think I would consider, um, I mean, I know I'm aware of lots of tragedies, a number of tragedies that that arose out of a single incident. So that's, that's not so important in my mind, but what, what is important to me is, is the element of cruelty. And I think that's, that is, if, if anything is at the heart of bullying for me, at least it's, it's cruelty. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's the unnecessary, the extra kind of twist of the knife, the unnecessary, you know, kind of going out of your way just to hurt someone without any ostensible purpose, you know? Right. So, so to the extent that that kind of, you know, um, you know, uh, scapegoating fits into that perspective, I would say, yeah. So I, I, you you kind of gave an answer, but but not really. I mean, do you do you think that this is natural human behavior, or or? Oh, I, was gonna, I wanted to come back to that. So, um, you know, you'll have people who will say yes. I mean, mm-hmm. evolutionary psychologists will find you know a, a reason, and it, 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 it's easy to it's easy to point to that. I, I as a sociologist, I tend to think about um, this a little differently. I don't. I. Okay, so I'm sort of working, starting to work on a book um, that will be the, my final thoughts on this topic. But the, the, the central um, hypothesis of the book or conjecture is that, you know, a lot of the behaviors that we think of as adolescent in nature are um, products of the context in which people find themselves rather than some intrinsic part of the life course. Mm-hmm. So the reason, in other words, that Teenagers act like teenagers is because we stick them in schools, cages, and they're stuck. They're stuck together, and they um, they don't have any formal organization. Mm-hmm. 
um, they have a lot of free time and they're they're stuck together for extended periods of time. And so they have to sort out status for themselves. And okay. uh, adults are rarely in similar place situations. So, but when they are, I suspect they're going to act like teenagers. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, so I, people like in, in prison, but also people in reality TV, you put them people, a bunch of grownups in a house or on an island, they're going to act like teenagers. Yeah. I mean, so I, I can just say this very, very briefly, and it's totally just, you know, my experience, but, you know, having, you know, closing on 30 years now of, of um, you know, managing software teams, and, and we're talking some of the meekest humans on the planet, right? Um, and certainly socially awkward. Um, they fight like, you know, like the gladiators, you know, to, to gain footing. It, it, it's, I've seen it over and over again in people that, that are just the most passive humans on the planet. Suddenly it's like, no, my idea is better and they will go to the mat for that. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and that does include, um, surreptitiously pushing somebody under the bus. Right. And that happens a lot. I mean, a lot, a lot. Uh -huh. Um, Bob, I know we could probably talk for a long time. I know you've got, we've got to like wrap up. Oh, here. I keep going for another, yeah, I can, you know, this other thing, is, you know, I've got probably another five, five or okay. seven. So th there's one thing that I have to do, right? So yeah. I, I want to dig back in. So I'm going to just have you back on. We can do a, okay. a longer thing some, sometime else. But um, one thing that I do is, is, you know, primarily focused around music stuff. So uh -huh. this is, this is a, a fun thing. Actually, I have two questions I ask everyone, no matter what, where they come from, right? So the first one is involving music. All right, because I, I think that's that's a good bellwether, basically, for for you know figuring out like where people are coming from or whatnot. Mm -hmm. Um, and everyone hates this question, but I'm gonna ask it anyway. What's your favorite band? favorite band <laughs> nobody likes the question man that's why i ask um, it <laughs> like i i can't answer the question so that's why i ask it uh, actually hold on bob let's back up okay. you're writing a paper right right so you're, right, you're, right. you're in the midst of writing a paper and um assuming you listen to music while you work what would you be listening to like if as you're writing your book for example like what do you listen to to like you know keep you going keep you motivated Miles Davis, probably, you know, that actually makes sense. I mean, in a lot of ways, one is that it's sort of that that weird kind of disconnected, discombobulated sort of thing happening, yeah. um, which kind of fits with your topic, right? I mean, yeah, I get that. I, I didn't understand jazz. I, I still don't really claim to understand jazz, but I couldn't even relate or connect to it until I was probably 40. Like That's then funny. it started like it started to make sense. Uh, not not completely. It's still um, like otherworldly in a lot of ways, but um, it's so like there's so many unexpected twists. Right. Like I just don't didn't see that coming, you know. Right. Um, uh, and it's also it, it it's kind of stimulating in the background, but it's not gonna dominate you know the cognitive process. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Completely agree with that. Um. And then the last question, and this one people hate even more, which is why I ask it, is what is one thing about you that nobody would know? <laughs> I love everyone gives that same look when I ask that question too. It's like, hmm. Um, 
Well, I don't have that much of a, you know, that interesting of a, of a private life. Well, but see, everyone's interesting. So, like, I, I can sh shout off a bunch about you, right? I mean, like, you do it on, like, social media or not, whatnot. I don't know if you do it, like, with your students or, or you know, coworkers or, or, you know, collaborators or whatnot. But, you know, you hunt, which is not. Oh, yeah, that would be. Yeah, I mean, not a huge amount of people do that anymore. So, I mean, right. that's that's unique. Yeah, that's unique. Okay, all right. I could list off some things that um, <laughs> probably people people don't know. Um, I was in the Peace Corps. I oh, wow. um, hunt. I I've been arrested. Spent a night in jail. Um, nice, good for you, man. Hopefully for something yeah. good. I'm hoping. No, lame. It was lame. But <laughs> lame. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> oh well. Um, um, I have drunkenly petted an adult wild bear in the adult black bear in the wild. Wow. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. You can stop right there. Cause that wouldn't, okay. I'm, I'm going to end with one little story here. So w when I was growing up as a kid and I lived in Northern Idaho, um, I was completely unprepared for living in that sort of environment, by the way, like I was a, you know, frail, tall, skinny kid. Right. Um, and one time riding motorcycles in Western Montana, which I'm also unequipped to do. Right. So I'm on this motorcycle. Don't even know how to turn the throttle. Like I have no idea what I'm doing. And we're we're like along this creek bed and all of a sudden i hear from behind all these people screaming stop 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 you know or or turn whatever i mean like you know my my 10 year old 12, 12 year old brain whatever was like i don't even understand what they're saying um anyway so i turn around and there's a enormous black bear like right behind me right and I, i'm going as fast as this little motorbike can possibly go right which is oh, like God. you know like i don't know 30 miles an hour, 40, whatever it was. But this bear was like right on my fucking ass. And I turned around and was like, holy shit. Like just as it like rears up on its back legs, right? Like right behind oh, me. My yeah. So no, I, I, I get that. It can be absolutely. Well, well what happened? Uh, the bear finally just gave up. Like he was yeah. like, oh, that was fun. Like, you know, I chased this, this little, you know, kid on a, on a motorbike. Like, yeah, no, yeah. yeah. But I don't think I stopped shaking for, I don't know, a few months. I would imagine. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I can imagine. That's wow. <laughs> that would give you nightmares. Yeah, and, and the question is, what would the bear have actually done if it got me? And I think now that I'm older, I think the bear probably would have been like, ah, that was fun. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Carry on. It gets black. Black bears are, are generally, you know, they're generally pretty skittish. Yeah, I mean, I was lucky it wasn't a grizzly because you know where I was, like yeah, grizzlies are, so, are prominent. So yeah. Yeah, um, but black bears are pretty damn big, man. Yeah, no, absolutely. absolutely. Definitely terrifying. Um, Bob, I know you have to go, man. Let's let's set up a second chat because I think okay. there's a lot, right. lot, lot more to get into. Um, Happy to. And uh, I will reach out to you. Any links you want to put below, like whatever, we'll do that. Okay. Hey, good All luck right. with your interview. Thanks. In, uh, yeah. Ten minutes. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I, next time we'll uh, I'll block off more time. Hey, no worries, man. Talk to you soon. Thank All you. Right. Okay. Bye. All right.